Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Joel Com, and we're going to explore Twitter marketing. We're going to talk about new updates to Twitter, along with video, and also his favorite apps, and a ton more. So you're going to love this show. Also got a great discovery that I want to share with you right now. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new find. Eric, what did you discover? I discovered Hidden Me. It is a an whoa, easy whoa. way to... Hidden yes. Me, as in hidden and then the word me. Yes. Okay, what is it? <laughs> it, it sounds... I don't know what it sounds like, but it sounds like to me, what it is, is that it is a simple little Mac tool for free that you can find in the app store and you install it. And then you've got a nice little icon up in your menu bar that you can click and make all your desktop icons disappear. Hmm. Okay. This is interesting. So this is for your, your laptop or your iMac. And it sounds like it's almost like a distraction-free technique, right? So it gets rid of everything and you can just focus on whatever you're working on. Is that the idea? Yeah, there's there's that aspect to it where you can subtly make your desktop nice and zen-like and clean and easy to use. The other is, is hey, you're about to do a screen share or a presentation and you've been working on a ton of stuff and you don't want to put it all away where it needs to go. It's, it's the equivalent of throwing everything in the closet real quick. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's just the desktop. So if you, if you're like some people who have 10, I'm not going to name anybody in my family, but (laughs) if you're like some people who have 10,000 files on your desktop and and you're about to share your desktop with your boss (laughs) or in a webinar or in a go to meeting or one of those kind of things, um, this hides everything and then brings it back when you're done. Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. That's really cool. I love that. Like you said, it's like throwing everything in the closet and then pushing the button and everything comes right back the messy way you love it. <laughs> yeah, it's all still there where you left it. So that's the cool thing is it's there's no work to be done. It just gets it out of sight and out of mind so you can appear to be you know, clean and friendly and ready to present. Or like you said, you can set it up so it's, it's zen-like and you can focus in on whatever it is you're going to work on. Very cool. So uh, it's called Hidden Me. Is there any yes. website for it or are they just going to the, the app store to find it? it? Easy, Yeah, easiest way to find it. Tried to find a clean URL. There's not really one. So the best way is to just go into the Mac app store and type in Hidden Me, all one word. Eric, thanks so much for sharing that. You're welcome. And with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Joel Com. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. Very excited to be joined by my good friend, Joel Com. If you don't know who Joel is, he's a serial entrepreneur and author of 12 books. He's got a brand new project that's around apparel, and you can find out more about it at dogoodstuff.com. And his latest book is called Twitter Power 3.0, How to Dominate Your Market One Tweet at a Time. Joel, welcome back to the show. It is my pleasure to be here, Michael. Thanks for inviting me. So today, Joel and I are going to talk about Twitter marketing. 
So Joel, I want to go back in time a little bit. You know, if we could go into the DeLorean and go back, back if you to will. the future. Exactly. Let's get back to um, what got you into Twitter in the first place and, and kind of tell a little bit about your story. How did you discover it? How did you come to write your first Twitter book? Because clearly we're on version three today. Well, you know, I've, I've been building businesses online since 1995, and I consider myself like a kid with a pail and a shovel looking for sandboxes to play in. And so I'm always exploring different technologies, new sites, new way of communicating. And I've been building communities online for many, many years. You know, back before we had social media, we called them chat rooms and forums and IRC and all this fun stuff. And uh, when I saw microblogging, begin to uh, start with Twitter. Uh, it was 2007, I think, I signed up for my Twitter account. And this was in an age where MySpace was still the dominant force um, in social media. But Twitter and this idea of microblogging was really interesting to me because I had been a blogger for several years already. And so it was May of 2007 that I posted my first tweet. And in true first tweet form, it was utterly forgettable. <laughs> I think my first tweet was something like trying to figure out what this Twitter thing is. Right. Yeah. And it was probably, I want to say, six months later that I came back and I gave it another look. I hadn't done anything for six months. And then I started looking at it closely and I realized, you know, this is really a pretty cool platform for engagement. And it was sometime in 2008, I had accumulated something like 5,000 followers or so, which at that time, I guess, was a lot of followers. And uh, a friend told me that a publishing house, John Wiley and Sons, was looking for somebody to write a book on how to use Twitter for business. And we connected and uh, instantly um, hit it off. And I said, yeah, I can do that. And we'll call it Twitter Power. And uh, we'll, it'll be out in February of 2009. And uh, it was, uh, and to this date, interestingly enough, that hardcover edition of Twitter Power 1.0, as it were, is still, has still sold more copies than any other book on Twitter since, uh, wow. which I think is pretty interesting. And you know, there was a lot of curiosity about it at the time. And there's, now there's more people than ever using the site. And here we are at the version 3.0. That's really intriguing. So you came out with the first book in um, early 2009. Is that right? Yep, that's right. And late 2009 is when we started Social Media Examiner. And just a few months before your book came out, I didn't frankly know anything about Twitter. I didn't know anything about Facebook. And I just kind of remember looking at Twitter saying, what the heck is this? I saw someone's Twitter feed, I guess you could call it, or updates. And all it looked like was a bunch of little messages. And I'm like, why in the world would anybody do something like this. Wasn't that kind of what your first thought was? And I abandoned it just like you did. I eventually came back to it in full force, but it just was never intuitive from the beginning, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the question that it posed was, what are you doing? Right. right? That was it. And well, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm having a bagel. I'm having, I'm going for a walk. I'm watching my dog poo. I mean, what, what, what do you mean? What am I doing? Uh, but, you know, we began to realize that the heart of social media is about just sharing life. It's about sharing relationships, about sharing the process, this journey that we're on together. And it's actually these points of commonality that we have in many of these mundane activities, what we're having for breakfast, right? Or where, you know, where we're shopping at or photos from the store or for our travels that actually connect us, that bring us closer together. And uh, therein lies the power of Twitter to connect people. 
Well, I remember when I first started using Twitter, it wasn't until I started using apps. Um, and back then, I, they weren't on your smartphone. You know, They were just like third-party service providers that would allow you to do cool things. Like um, one we still use to this day is called Social Oomph that allows us to schedule updates. And there's there's always been a million little apps out there. But once you began understanding what the apps could do, like I remember TweetDeck as well. That's when all of a sudden the power started started becoming more apparent. Do you use what do you use just out of curiosity? Since we're talking about, now, let's focus on today. How do you manage your Twitter identity? Are you using Twitter.com? Are you using an app on your phone? What are you doing? Yeah, you're you're gonna laugh. I'm actually a very organic um, type of tweeter. I use Twitter.com still, and uh, I use the Twitter app on my phone. Although I do recommend for those who like to consolidate and schedule tweets, tools like Social Oomph and Hootsuite, uh, I tend to just go right to the source. And, and tweet that way. Occasionally, if I post a photo from uh, Instagram, for example, I'll share it. But that doesn't always make the photo show up in my Twitter stream. It's, it's a link. Mm-hmm. And so even that doesn't bring me the benefit I want. And I find myself more often going to Twitter directly, uploading the photo and adding my comments. Very good. Well, let's, let's focus in on um, some of the more recent things that have been going on with Twitter. Um, one of the things is that Twitter recently updated the retweeting process. Um, Can you kind of explain how the retweet used to work and how it's working now? Um, Yeah. Go for it. Sure. Well, before when we would do a retweet, it would basically take all of the text of the person's tweet that we wanted to share, and it would count as characters in our retweet. So we would just put capital R, capital T in front of it. And if there was anything left of the 140 characters, we could also comment in there. Well, I think Twitter finally realized that when people want to retweet, there's something that they have to say about it as well. And so now when you retweet, you can, you can quote that tweet and you have 116 additional characters that you can add to that tweet. And it kind of creates a threaded conversation, which I think is more powerful. And it's one of the ways which Twitter is recognizing that we really need to increase the character limit because people have more to say, how are we going to do this? And this is kind of an end around way to manage that. I want to, I want to, I want to dig in a little bit on this. Like right now I use Tweetbot um, on my phone and I use obviously twitter.com. And I think that the main thing that you do is when you click the retweet button, it tends to just throw that person's tweet into your stream, right? And it, and it kind of like their face and their tweet shows up as if you tweeted it, but it's on your stream. And, and now with this quote feature, what I hear you saying is it takes the totality of the original tweet and then it allows you to add commentary on it so that it's kind of like you, like, like you, you mentioned it's kind of like a threaded comment. So your, your thing is, is kind of above it. And then the, the tweet is kind of indented and a little bit below it. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So now it feels more like a conversation that's taking place and you can, it's, it's segmented as it were. You can tell that this is part of the same conversation. Unlike when we go to Twitter and we see a tweet and and it says view conversation and then it kind of opens up the tweets that are related next to it. So I like it. And, and again, uh, you know, there's some people that would call me a heretic, but I'm one of those people that thinks that there should be an increase in the character limitation on Twitter. So does the old retweet process work? Is it like two options like retweet versus retweet quote, or is it just the retweet now has automatically become the retweet 
quoted retweets. If you well, know. it depends if you're on the site or in the app. If you're on the app, you can just retweet it and share as is, or you can say quote tweet. If you're on the site, what happens when you click the retweet button is it opens up a window, and you can add a comment if you want to, or you just click retweet. Hmm. From a marketing perspective, is there any value to adding a comment? Like, for example, part of me thinks maybe add a hashtag or two. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I th- and I would love to see you actually able to include a picture there as well. And right now you can't. Right now it's just 116 characters of text or perhaps a link or a hashtag. But I love the idea of, of the quoting uh, retweets because, again, you can see more clearly the conversation, what people are replying to. One of the downsides of Twitter is that when you reply to somebody, if there's a bunch of tweets, you might not be able to connect exactly where in the conversation you're entering. You know, what are you what are you responding to in particular? So the quote retweet allows people to see more clearly how this conversation is unfolding. Let's transition over to video because Twitter has been doing a lot of interesting and very cutting edge things with video. Um, maybe starting with Vine, working to Twitter native video, and then all the way to the latest stuff that they're doing. Kind of, you know, give us the hierarchy of all the different things they do with video. And maybe we can just dig in a little bit on the video side of things. Well, you're correct in the order you said it. Of course, Vine came first, uh, you know, and so we've got our short videos that are going to Twitter site. That's Vine that people then post from Vine and automatically go to Twitter. Uh, They allow you to do some creative things because, you know, you can hold down on your recording, let up with your thumb, and then point in another direction, take some other video until you've got your full 15-second segment and then then upload that. But I think that having native video is more interesting, and I wish the clips were longer than the, what is it, 30 seconds that yeah, were I think, allowed. Yeah, isn't Vine more like eight seconds, and maybe you're getting Instagram video? And- uh, that's right. And see, because I, actually, I don't, I don't even Vine. I hardly ever use it. Um, when I do video, I prefer to shoot a video that's as long as I... I want it to be. Right. So I don't like limitations. This is one of the things you've heard me say a few times already, the limitation that Twitter has. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for ways to go, how do we allow people to say more and still stay true to the self-imposed limitation that was really there just because of SMS limitations that don't really apply today? You know, they're, they're trying to find ways. So they said, let's add pictures because we all know a picture says a thousand words. Right. Let's add video because, you know, you can say so much more with video. Uh, and, you know, native video is cool. I'd love to see longer than 30 seconds. I can do that on Facebook. I can do that on YouTube. Why can't I do it on Twitter? But live streaming like Periscope and Meerkat now allow us to create as much video as we want and stream it live and then archive it. So let, let's dig in a little bit here. On Vine, um, we've seen uh, a, a very young demographic. For example, um, uh, one guy that we both should know uh, that was at Social Media Marketing World is Zach King. And he's got, he's the, um, he's a special effects guy, you know, and he uses all these cool um, special effects um, to create these videos like he's jumping into a closet and all of a sudden yes, it's changing amazing clothes. stuff. And so th- there's been a lot of interesting personalities that have emerged from these these six-second videos that kind of loop almost like an animated GIF. Um, but the thing with Vine is it became its own platform. And at first I didn't get it and I began to see innovative things that people could do in only six seconds, with, which kind of shocked me. And then, you know, the native video came out on Facebook with no limits at all. And then, and then Twitter came out with their 30-second native video. 
Um, I think that's intriguing, right? Because in the past, it used to be all about YouTube, and now it's Twitter native video. I'm curious, do you think Twitter's trying to get away from YouTube and maybe giving a little more exposure in the news feed to those that are recording videos on Twitter? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, the big social sites, they have to become the destination platform. And Twitter is struggling to some degree. Just because they have 284 million active users and are a giant doesn't make them Facebook, which has one percent four billion users uh, and they're struggling with that and you know sometimes their earnings uh, you know the, the revenue they're seeing they're having a hard time finding their footing and they're having a hard time keeping people there's a, a lot of atrophy there's people that use Twitter and they experience that same confusion that I had and you had back in 2007 and 8 what is this thing and how can I benefit how can I engage with people on it so they're they're becoming more like Facebook and giving people more options for sharing content and the bottom line is is they have to retain and gain users if they want to be if they want to remain as strong as they were uh, recently i mean I, I think that they're losing a little bit of strength well you know it's interesting um you mentioned earlier that uh, you if you didn't do it during this recording, we talked about it previously about how it sure would be nice if there wasn't limitations for 140 characters. Mm -hmm. And I do kind of think that the, the native video thing is a good step in the right direction because you could create a video with words, right? You could create kind of an animated like slideshow kind of thing. And that could be kind of a cool little thing you could do in 30 seconds. Obviously, you are the master of doing selfie videos, Joel. I would imagine you've been able to do that on on Twitter. If you haven't, you probably should. Um, but it does give you, you know, 30 seconds is a decent amount of time. You can get a lot more than 140 characters spoken in 30 seconds. And I'm just, you know, I'm excited by it because it, it is relatively new. And um, I think YouTube is, you know, I think, I think poten potentially, you know, I mean, there's nothing stopping Twitter from saying, okay, we're not going to just do 30 seconds. We're going to do unlimited. I don't know if anybody would watch more than that on Twitter. What's your thoughts on the usage pattern? I mean, are people on Twitter because it's a stream, are they just kind of there and gone or do they hang out there for a while? It totally depends on how engaging your content is, mm. right? That's really what it comes down to regardless of how long your video is. So you say, I do these selfie videos. I do this walking with Joel where I'll go out for my walks each day and sometimes I'll have an idea and I'll pull my iPhone out and using my built-in selfie stick, my arm, I'll hold the camera in front of me and I'll just share what's on my mind. And I'll share until I'm done. It could be 90 seconds. It could be three or four minutes. But I'll share whatever it is I need to share until I'm done. If I have have to contain that to 30 seconds, uh, I might not be able to share what it is I want to share. I'm more likely to work without the constraints mm. that are put before me. But I think if you're making Vine videos or uh, Twitter native videos that are compelling, people will watch them. You know, Twitter more and more is becoming a, a broadcast channel. And uh, if people are engaged and entertained, then they're going to keep watching. Well, I like how you use the word broadcast. I mean, if you are a business, you could come out with a daily 30-second tip or you could come out with a news story, right? Um, Absolutely. I mean, I, whatever industry you're in, I could see how you could just do a quick 30-second news story in a video. When you attach a video, I would imagine you can still have more than just a video, right? There's got to be room left for, for a link. So I'd imagine you could still... You, you could even probably create a little teaser video that encourages people to click on your link if you're selling something on Twitter, which might, Absolutely. Be, might be intriguing. Yeah, and I think we see, you know, some of the, the usage of Twitter that is the most successful are brands 
that are using it to draw attention to what it is they're doing and driving traffic to their site and their product. And so I think that's a great example of how native video can really be used effectively. I've said this to you, but I have more to say. Click here. Exactly. All right, Periscope. Tell everybody what it is um, who may not be familiar with it and what your thoughts are on it. Well, we'll blanket it together. Periscope and Meerkat are both live streaming um, apps, and Periscope is owned by Twitter. Uh, and basically allows you to instantly send out a tweet that says, I'm streaming now, and people that are using the apps can connect with their app on iOS or Android device and watch your live stream. One of the things that's really interesting about it is that every time somebody comments on your stream, it's also a tweet. Mm -hmm. and and people can engage in the conversation that way uh, but it's more like a one-way broadcast really when you're doing video streaming um, you can talk back to the people that are commenting but on periscope for example you don't real you don't type you just speak and people are watching the stream and i think what we're seeing is people using it for a lot more life casting it's really easy to start broadcasting on periscope you just hit that button and boom there's uh, instantly an audience of people that are using the app that are scrolling through and going what's interesting to watch ah this headline looks interesting or this person looks interesting oh there's 34 people watching this show right now i think i'll go there uh, so you know there's some upside to having an instant audience built in but there's some downside in that you've got a lot a lot of random uh, tweet buyers or drive-by people that come in and they're like who are you and why am I listening to you and I, I personally would rather have people engaging with me that are part of my tribe they're there because they know who I am rather than people that are just opening up Periscope and going ah let's just See what this person has to say. How have you used it? Because I know you've used both. Um, are you are you doing your little walks with your uh, as a live stream, or are you not? Because maybe the data bandwidth issue. I'm I'm curious. Like, how have you used it? Because I know you've I, been doing a lot yeah. of yeah. Uh, usually it's at events where there's something interesting happening. So I was one of the guys at South by Southwest that helped blow up Meerkat when it you know before it hit South by and became news. And uh, so when, when I have something to say, when I want to share something with my audience, when I want to show them something, I'm at a trade show, an exposition, I'm at a concert, I want them, I want to invite people to be part of my world, whatever it is at that moment, that's when I'll use it. For my walking with Joel, I really don't because I go out for a one hour walk and I don't want to hold the phone in front of me for you know however long and talk to people i want to enjoy my walk and be able to keep my arm down by my side uh you know so occasionally i'll do a walking with joel video that i'll record and then upload to youtube and facebook native video but for the most part i don't find it as useful and i'm not one of those guys that feels comfortable carrying a selfie stick around the park here you know around my house right now or it just feels weird to me it's one thing to use a selfie stick. i think we're gonna see a lot more now now with all these native <clears throat> broadcasting I, I suppose so and i don't you know i don't have a problem with selfies and people using selfie sticks it's all men of personal preference and for me i don't want to walk around my park while i'm exercising with a selfie stick in my hand i want to you know enjoy the day um but you know it's at today actually as we're recording this i'm thinking of later this afternoon that i might do a a live stream and i actually tend to gravitate more towards meerkat which now also is uh, integrating their stream so it works on facebook 
So I haven't tried that yet, but I'm curious to see how it works. Well, both of these apps rely heavily on the Twitter platform. Um, What are your thoughts? I mean, do you think this is a fad or do you think this is the beginning of a new shift? This this ability with the smartphone to essentially become like a little broadcast station. Because in the past, to do a Google Hangout on air, you had to be stuck in front of a computer, right, inside your office or something. Yeah, I don't think it's a fad at all. I think it's here to stay. And I know that there's a number of apps that people have been using for years, including Ustream. And there's an app that I I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's really popular among um, the younger audience, teenagers, that allow them to basically start their own channels and and engage with people. Up here.in? Uh, no, it's not a peer.in. If actually, if I open up my phone, I, I think I downloaded it. Oh, it's oh, it's an actual like Snapchat. You mean? It's a real app. It's called You Now. Oh. And uh, somebody told me about it and said, this is what the kids are using. I launched them. I'm like, sure enough, there they are. And they're watching and they're engaging huh. and talking. And some are appropriate. Some are inappropriate. And it's kids being kids. Uh, but yes, I think it's here to stay that this, you know, um, social media sharing what's on our mind followed by showing people through pictures and then through recorded video clips. It only makes sense that the next leap is to life casting. This is what we're doing right now. I want, I'm inviting you to be part of my life in this moment and share this experience. I got to admit, I mean, I was, when I first started messing with Meerkat and later Periscope, I was kind of impressed and thought, okay, hmm, what should I do? And well, actually, one of the things I thought about is, will anyone listen to what I have to say? And um, surprisingly, I accidentally started a meerkat and then all the, and then canceled it. And all these people said, hey, where'd your meerkat stream go? <laughs> so, I mean, part of me wanted to do it. And the other part of me is like, I'm not the kind of guy who just goes on the camera and rambles because you got to be willing to just go off the seat of your pants and be a good kind of fly by, you know, cuff kind of guy. Or be really organized. Like I did show up on somebody else's meerkat where um, it was just a quick little interview and that was a lot of fun. But I do, I sense something about this that is unique. The technology is is mainstreaming, I guess you could say. And I think we're going to see a massive adoption of this. And we're definitely going to have a show on this in the future. Um, switching over to visuals. We talked about video quite a bit. Twitter, obviously... Um, allows you to add visuals to your tweets. Why is that important? And what are your thoughts on this from a marketing perspective? Well, visuals are the next level of sharing what's happening right now, because not only can you tell somebody, but you can show them. And, you know, in the past, we would share a link to an image and uh, we, it would link off site to something like TwitPick or Imager, right, where you'd be able to see the picture that somebody was linking to. But now we can upload native photos to Twitter and they'll actually show up in the stream, which I think is really cool. And, you know, pictures can say a lot more than, uh, than text can. And uh, to be able to show people what you're doing or what you're involved in or what your thoughts are is powerful stuff. And uh, I use some uh, some apps to help me with that. If I'm not just you know posting a photo direct from my phone, I like to sometimes add words, uh, which I call photo quotes. Hmm. Uh, you know, so it could be a quote of my own or something somebody else said. It's usually one of my current thoughts, and I'll use an app like Word Swag on uh, my iPhone, so it's an iOS app, and um, it lets me type in my quote and then pick from about forty different 
font styles, typographies that are really professional uh, and move it around and, and come up with all types of different configurations, add a filter, save this image, and it makes it look like I know Photoshop. Uh, and, and I don't. Uh, but you can come up with some really professional stuff. And people love sharing visuals and they love sharing quotes, whether they're educational, inspirational, uh, entertaining, just plain funny, uh, weird, whatever it is. People love sharing images. And I think photo quotes help communicate without using up a bunch of characters what it is you want to say uh, visually. Now, word swag, I think, is a couple dollars, right? It's not free. Yeah, it's a couple dollars, and I think it's a couple more to unlock all the typography. There's an app called PicLab, P-I-C-L-A-B, which uh, is both iOS and Android. And then, of course, uh, if you're desktop, you can use Canva uh, to create some pretty cool photo quotes. And do you know if these apps allow you to only share them on Twitter? I mean, do they, are they integrated with Twitter in such a way that you can literally prepare the tweet and select the image all in one shot, or do you have to save them to your camera roll and then go into Twitter and pull them yeah, up? Yes. So uh, I have the most experience with word swag. And once you save your image in it, you can put it, uh, blast it out to Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Flickr, all oh. with one click. Oh, very cool. But again, if you tweet it, it's going to tweet it as a link. Uh, it's you know so this is one of the reasons I don't like to tweet from Instagram is I want my photo to be embedded natively on Twitter. So I'll tend to mail myself the image and then upload it to Twitter separately. Oh, I see. So what I hear you saying with WordSwag is if you tweet from WordSwag, they're going to create some sort of like a landing page for that thing instead of actually embedding the image into the tweet. Is that what I hear you saying? Well, it, it, well, actually, it'll be on Twitter, but it'll show up as a link on Twitter rather than a native image that can show in the stream. Oh, this is a very important distinction. So yep. then if you want to make sure that your image is seen right along with your tweet without someone having to make any other actions to click to see it, then you got to upload it with the native um, Twitter app or some sort of, or, or twitter.com. Is that what I hear you saying? Yes. And it's one of the reasons that I still enjoy using the, the native app and web pages because it just, there's a little more power to it. Interesting. It'd be interesting to know whether or not other popular, um, apps like Tweetbot um, for the iPhone, um, does the same thing. I don't know for sure, but that's really good to know that the app interface to Twitter is not going to be as good as just uploading it. So that's really interesting. Um, any other apps that you've been using um, at all visually or, 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 or whatever else? Or are those the main ones that you're using? No, no, really. It's um, the, uh, the live streaming and creating uh, intriguing photo quotes is really where I'm in having the most fun that, you know, I, I used to keep up a lot more, but there's just so many apps coming out and I choose to uh, live my life with social media uh, as a, a choice that augments and enhances my life. But there's a lot of people that are kind of slaves to social media and it drives their behavior and I refuse to let that happen and so I let a lot of things go I miss a lot of things but I experience a lot more freedom in my life as a result let's talk about your thoughts on where Twitter needs to go from here I mean you've been following Twitter for a long long time and do you feel like Twitter is evolving fast enough I mean especially compared to the other social networks that keep popping up and Facebook and everything else or, you know, just kind of give us your raw thoughts on, 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 on Twitter and maybe what needs to happen down the road for Twitter to sustain competitive, you know, 
competitively in this in this marketplace? Well, you know, I've said this a couple times, and I'm going to say it again and make my case for why Twitter needs to increase the character limit. They're they're finding ways to do it without doing it. But the reason the character is 140 characters is because of the old text-based SMS limitations that we had on cell phones, which is how Twitter got its start, is uh, being able to post from an SMS um, post on your uh, on your phone. And then we had you know a native app and a website to uh, where people could tweet. And I never find myself getting frustrated because my tweet was less than 140 characters. But so many times I find myself getting frustrated because I've got to edit my tweet down. Now, there are people that will say there's an art to this, and that may be true. It's kind of like a haiku, you know, having to come up with five, seven, and five syllables to create your poetry. But on Twitter, I don't think people are interested in necessarily being artists. You know, we're not about being literary with our social sharing. We want to say what we want to say. And I think one of the reasons that um, Twitter is struggling is because people can't say quite as much as they want to say. And so now we have native uh, images and native videos and, and retweets with quotes that are you know, letting people say more. But there's still a reason that the, um, oh, I don't know how many hundreds of millions have signed up for Twitter but have, are not there regularly. Hmm. They're not using it. They're not coming back. Why is that? Why are they on Facebook? And I think it's because Facebook lets you say more. It allows you to connect more directly. It's less chaotic than uh, than Twitter is. And they've got to overcome this, and they've got to have more brands that are bringing a return on investment uh, for their advertising system. Otherwise, uh, they're not going to be able to compete with Facebook on that level. And, you know, here we are in May of uh, 2015, because I know this is going to get dated, and Twitter earnings are below what uh, the analysts expected. And this doesn't bode well. They've got to turn the tide. And I think these these steps towards being more Facebook-like are steps in the right direction, because it's not becoming like Facebook. It's giving people more of what they want. And there are going to be the Twitter diehards, the purists that say, no, it needs to stay 140 characters. Uh, but you know what? Uh, they're going to be a smaller group of people, and Twitter's going to have a hard time pleasing their investors. Well, I will, I will say that but prior to, to the Twitter native video and Periscope coming out, there had been very little innovation other than Vine coming out of Twitter. I mean, like you could follow pretty much the same darn marketing tactics that you've been doing for the last five years and not see a dramatic change other than their Twitter advertising platform. And once the native video came out, that was a big deal. And now that Periscope has out is out, that's a big deal. I hope to see more innovation from Twitter because Facebook is constantly innovating. I mean, like it's it's almost impossible to keep up with the change that's coming out of Facebook. Well, and Facebook is very open, Michael. And this is one of the issues with Twitter is you know Meerkat came out, and then at South by Southwest, Twitter announced that they were co- cutting Meerkat off from the social graph. They wouldn't be able to you know communicate. These are your followers on Twitter. They should automatically be following you on Meerkat. Where Facebook says, hey, we're one big happy. Create an app. We're going to give you access to all kinds of data to be able to connect you with the people that you're already connected with. I think that is a uh, that is not an abundance mentality, and that's going to work against Twitter. 
Well, very, very interesting stuff here, Joel. Um, I know that it is exciting now that Twitter is finally beginning to innovate with all this video-related stuff. And I also know that there is definitely a lot that has changed since you wrote your first book and your second book. So I do want to encourage people to go out there and get a copy of Twitter Power 3.0. Why don't you tell them where they can find it? Uh, real easy, twitterpower.com or any of your fine booksellers where fine books are sold. And where else can they find you in addition to twitterpower.com if they want to reach out to you, Joel? I have the um, the blessing of being the only Joel Com in the world. And so anywhere you look, for me, you're going to find me. I, I take up pages of the search engine. So my blog is joelcom.com. I'm at joelcom on Twitter. Of course, joelcom on Facebook and every place that you might search for me. And love to connect with you. And just in case you never saw his name spelled out, it's double M, C-O-M-M. Joel Com, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Have a great one. Well, I hope you found value in today's show. By the way, if there's anything that we mentioned and you did not catch, don't worry. We take the notes for you. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 147. That stands for episode 147. Also, if you're new to the show and you're not already a subscriber, hit that subscribe button and never miss a future episode of this podcast. It's free. And also, if you're a longtime listener to the show and you've not done so, would you consider giving us a rating and or a review? socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes or socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher. Well, this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.